Have you ever felt like you've been missing something that could make your life more fulfilling? Perhaps you've yearned to expand your horizons and reach for something beyond the scope of what you know today. In this episode of Divorce is Not a Destination, I share four activities that can make a difference in helping you find a sense of newness and fulfillment. I'm Dr. Lisa Summerhour. I'm here to help you live your life your way because divorce is not a destination. November 23rd. I'm doing my show tonight on a Wednesday because tomorrow is Thanksgiving. I'm Dr. Lisa Summer Hour and welcome to Divorce is Not a Destination. This is the podcast that is here to talk to people who have been divorced, who are on the brink of divorce, and some high profile women who are working not to get divorced. And I come on here weekly to talk about things that help you stay in alignment. Uh, so that your life is aligned with your values, your virtues, and your faith to help you learn how to communicate with confidence and without guilt. And uh, this subject, that one's been coming up a lot this week. I need to put that on my list of one of my topics um, in the next couple of months. And to learn to trust yourself again. For those of you who have been through a divorce or are going through one, or even a long-term relationship that didn't work out or a series of relationships, Sometimes one of the challenging things is really being able to trust yourself again, um, to know that you're actually able to make good decisions for yourself. And so I work with women on that. And this podcast is an extension of my program. And some weeks it's much more serious than others. Some weeks it's light, but always hopefully it's informative and it's giving you some information that you can take away with you. So tonight I'm going to say, I'm going to sound like a Baptist preacher when I say I won't be long. Um, Because there are four things that I want to talk to you about. It's four activities to help you expand your horizons and make your life more fulfilling. And I've actually added a bonus one because there was one that wasn't on the list that I thought that should be on the list. So I'm going to jump right in. These um, activities are really, they're here to make a difference so that you can find um, just a sense of newness, sort of looking at things from, from a different perspective and with newer eyes, because there's stuff that's in front of us all the time. And because we get into a routine of doing things a certain way, we might just miss things that would enhance our lives and make the day or your life feel a little bit more fulfilling. So the first thing on the list is reading. And anybody who knows me knows that uh, I grew up in a house full of books. My dad was an avid reader and I have two bookcases in my office. And I I used to take books to the half price bookstore because I had so many books, but then I was getting depressed, giving my, giving my books away, (laughs) selling my books. So I haven't gotten to that point again, but I guess it could happen. But even just talking about reading, it's wonderful because it's a way to escape. Um, You go into this whole other world. So if you read, um, you know, fiction, you can just go into a a whole nother sphere in your mind. Just your imagination just gets unleashed in these books. But another really wonderful thing, and especially in this day and age, is going into history books, reading books that it's still going to give you a sense of escapism because it's amazing how much of how many of us really don't know about our own history. And I'm just going to start right now with U.S. history. Um, and I'm going to show you some of the stuff I'm reading. I'm actually reading a couple of books right now. One of them is the history 
of marriage and divorce. A girlfriend gave this to me a few months ago before I was going to travel because she knew that I was doing work on Divorce is Not a Destination. Um, I just finished reading UOU by Eric Thomas, Dr. Eric Thomas, or The Hip Hop Preacher, or E.T. He's got as many, he's got more names than Puff Daddy, right? This was really good. I actually listened to this one on audio and then got the, the hardback, the, the actual book. And then this one right here, The Warmth of Other Suns, Pulitzer Prize winning uh, New York Times best, uh, top 10 best book of the year. Um, this book is just, um, this is a mammoth book. Do you see this book? Isabel Wilkerson. But what's wonderful about this book the Warmth of Other Sons is it's the title says The Epic Story of America's Great Migration. And this book actually documents and tells, puts in story format the migration of blacks from all over the United States moving to different parts from down south after slavery. And it's it's it just goes, I'm just getting into it. I, I think I'm about 50 pages in. Me and a, a girlfriend of mine have challenged ourselves to read this book. But this is one of those books where you get really enthralled in the story. And at the same time, you're getting history. You're getting researched history. If I'm not mistaken, uh, Miss Wilkerson actually did her dissertation on the subject of black migration in the United States. And I think it's not just United States. It may be North America. I don't even know how far um, she tracks these migrations. Um, but reading a book like that, just it educates you and informs you it's intriguing and it could cause you to take a look at your own family's history, your own family's uh, diaspora, if you will, on how you ended up where you are right now. Um, and while I'm on that subject, because this does track the migration of, of blacks or African-Americans in the United States. Um, I read a lot of books on diversity, on race and racism. And so this is another way for people to get educated on things that are very relevant and topical right now. And I'm not going to say trendy because there's nothing trendy about racism. Um, but I was on a, I was on, actually I was on my niece's live TikTok um, last week. Uh, and again, this week, and there was a gentleman on there who just happened to be white, who was bothered by the fact that there was a conversation going on about race. And he was like, why does this always have to be about race? And I put a suggestion in. actually I put two books uh, recommendations in that chat. One of them is My Grandmother's Hands, which doesn't sound like it, but it's actually a book on helping people deal with these difficult conversations about race and understanding it from not just a historical perspective, but a relationship expect, a respect perspective and a health, a physiological perspective, because he talks about um, what racism does to the body. And he refers to us as black bodies and white bodies or brown bodies. And he, he talks about the history of white bodies and how they have abused black bodies. But also he flips it and looks at the damage that white bodies have experienced themselves as a result of, you know, the way racism has, has reared and was, was reared in this country. And so when you read a book like that, that was one grandmother's hands. I said too. let me give you the other book. The other one is called race conversations, race conversations. And this gentleman actually goes into, I think the, the book came from him doing work at Harvard university, doing these workshops 
with uh, executives and people from different walks of life and just talking to them about race. So both of these books are very well written. They're really easy to under to understand, but they are very um, they're very informative and very specific in what things people can do if you are struggling with this whole issue of race, the issues of race and racism in this country. Now, uh, some of you may have heard the saying, race is a construct, construct, races don't actually exist, which is true um, uh, from a historical perspective and from a anthropological or sociological perspective, it's been proven that there really is no such thing as race. However, <laughs> um, because it was invented and, and because of the foundation of how it was invented, racism is real. Um, and we still have to deal with this construct of race because it exists for us. You know, we now want to know if you're black or white or what you are on, on information sheets now. And when you're checking a boxes for identification. So we're probably hard pressed to get away from referring to the, using the term race, but we really need to understand the historical context around racism and how that comes into play and what that means and reading all of this to get you to read. <laughs> Reading is a way for us to experience that. Reading is a way for us to experience that. So if you're inclined to behave a certain way, you want to learn what your where maybe where your behavior patterns came from, or if you know you have some behavioral traits that you want to address or adjust, reading is also another way to deal with that. So you can get books on everything from how to communicate better to dealing with stress more effectively, to anger management, um, to how to build healthy relationships. There is probably a book for pretty much everything. Um, matter of fact, I'm gonna show you another book. This is one of those books. Now, this is actually one of my books. I'm in the process of doing the second uh, edition of this book. I'm waiting to hear from the publisher or the distributor now to find out when I'm gonna get my sample copy. But the Get Ready to Work workbook is one of those books. It's a book and a workbook. So it falls into this reading to actually get better understanding and to improve your skills. So for somebody who is uh, getting ready to start the interviewing process or wants to make sure that they're ready for the interview process before it happens, this is why I wrote that book. And it's actually, uh, this one says what you need to know before your next interview. The second edition subtitle is actually um, to help you be more confident and, and feel prepared for your next interview. So this is one of those ways you can expand your horizons without even leaving home is to just get a book, whether it's a hard uh, actual physical book or you're reading it from the nook on your phone. Or if you like me, I did, I get a lot of audiobooks. I went through, matter of fact, I was flying uh, for the last week, week and a half. I went through this entire book I think it's seven and a half hours of audio and I did it while flying. I finished the whole book flying back East and before I got back, it was finished and I was on another book. So if you travel, the audio book might be good for you. You don't have to worry about fooling around with a book on your flight and you can just get a good set of headsets and listen to the book. Finance books are another one that are, are really good now. And I, I have one in my head. I can see her cover. She goes by the name of Budget Nista. And it's a green book cover and I can't think of her name right now, but that's a really good uh, book for people, be beginner's version. She really helps the everyday person 
deal with their finances, to try to get a handle on their finances and not look at dealing with their finances as something that's frightening. So again, all on the, the topic of expanding your horizons. And I will say this, if you are, are on the brink of a divorce or have gone through a divorce, especially if it's been recent, your finances, getting your finances in order is probably one of the things at the top of your list because there's a very good chance, especially if you're a woman, uh, women tend to have more financial uh, issues after a divorce than men. Uh, that's not always the case, but statistically, it, that tends to be the case. More women than men end up in financial difficulties, especially if they end up being the primary caretaker and they have children. Um, and so if you can get a book or an audio that's going to help you really get a handle on your finances, that is a huge plus for you as you're going through um, something as difficult as a divorce. So keep all of that in mind when you're thinking about expanding your horizons. It could be for fun and for entertainment, and it could be for growth, right? The second one is engage others. And I'm glad my mom is on here. And I don't know if you can see your button or not. So I'm just going to do what I'm starting to get in the habit of doing here. And I'm going to see if I can just set you up so I know you can uh, speak if you want to um, and at least invite you to speak. Uh, and a reason I'm bringing, I want to make sure my mom is around. You can hit mute right now, mom, or I don't, I don't think I hear anything in your background is because the second one is about engaging others. This is the second way that you can expand your horizons is by engaging other people and um, having meaningful conversations with people outside of your, this, my article said the loyal, your loyal circle of friends or your everyday coworkers. And so I really think that there is a skill and a knack to meeting people, meeting strangers, just when you're out and about to just starting up conversations. And I know a lot of people struggle with doing that. My mother is not one of them. And I probably got that gene from her that, you know, given the right situation, if I'm in the mood, talking to strangers has never really been a problem for me. Um, so this is a really great way for you to meet new people. And it doesn't have to be, I'm going to meet them and they have to be my best friend. But if you are at an event to really get engaged and having a conversation with someone and learning as much as you can about them and sharing, you know, the things you, you, the things that you have in common with them or what makes you different and finding out where are you from? How did you get here? All of these things just expand your horizons because it's a very good chance you're going to meet somebody that can open your mind up to something. I, I promise you this, if you don't engage in this kind of conversation and opening yourself up, you are sure not to have any kind of <laughs> Um, expansion in your horizons. But if you can make yourself, um, I, I say make yourself, if you can get yourself to a place where you are comfortable enough, because it may not really be comfortable for you, but you're comfortable enough to be able to start these conversations, to just start asking people things like, you know, how did you, what are you doing here today? Or what, what brought you here to this event? And where did you come from? And you can play a game. I, I learned this years ago from a guy that taught he actually, I think, taught sales. And he said he played a game, even when he was on a flight sitting next to somebody, that he would try to ask them so many questions to learn so much about them and, and not even give them enough time really to ask him a question. Like he didn't want it to be about him. It wasn't like he was ignoring their question. But his goal was 
to give this person an opportunity to just share about themselves because it makes people feel good when they get to actually talk about themselves to somebody who genuinely wants to hear. And so he would take notes and ask questions and keep coming back. And he said he knows he did a great job when sometimes he gets up and the person might say something like, what was your name again? Because they don't remember it. Or I didn't get to ask you anything. I feel so bad. And, you know, you can figure out when you want to let the conversation flip. But if you really are engaged in a conversation with someone and you are interested enough to keep asking questions and secondary questions and like, oh my gosh, that sounds so interesting. How did that happen to you? And well, what did you do after this? And well, what did your spouse think? This is a really great way to learn a lot about someone. And it's a, a great way to train yourself to be a good listener. Because I think uh, very often we kind of suck at it. You know, if we're not mindful about it, it's easy to be a really bad listener. You think you're listening, but you're listening for a break in the conversation so you can say something. You're not listening so you can learn more about this person and really go, wow, this is a really interesting character that I just met. And this is awesome. I, I just had a light bulb go off. I met a woman on a flight about a month ago and I'm going to say this right on air. I have her business card in my wallet and I, because I stuck it in my wallet and I have not followed up with her yet. And now I need to go in the house tonight and send her a note um, because we had one of those conversations where I was so intrigued by this woman and what she had been doing for a living. And she had retired and was so good at her job, the city that she had been doing contracting for people called her back out of retirement. And she said, basically, I had to start my consulting business because contractors kept calling me to work with them on getting city contracts. And I was like, how amazing is that? And she was in her 70s. Um, and I thought, okay, this is pretty cool because for a woman to be in that line of work, working at that level with municipalities and government contracts and major contractors on huge projects in a, in a major city here in the United States and to have been doing it for 35 years or so, that's a pretty mind-blowing thing. Because I, I said to her, I said, how many women do you think you've mentored over the time that you've been doing this? And she said, countless, which is amazing. So she's created uh, an avenue and a pathway for other people to step into the work that she was doing because she stayed at it for so long and was so good at it. So I met her on a flight um, and I, if I had just been buried in a book and not wanting to have conversation, it wouldn't have happened. So uh, mom, whenever you want to jump in, let me know. Cause I'm talking about something that's right up your alley with just meeting people. She can tell about the time she brought a whole family home to live with us. Um, so she's really, really good at this engaging conversation thing. <laughs> <laughs> Can you hear me? Uh -huh, I hear you. Yeah, I think, um, uh, like you said, a lot of people are, are not comfortable just walking up to strangers. But I think the other part of that is, if we keep in mind, everyone likes to hear something good, especially if it's about them. Um, I told you Sunday we went to a, uh, a show at uh, mm -hmm. a museum. And uh, I saw a lady there and she was just sharp. I mean, from head to toe, she was sharp. And she sat down and we kind of made eye contact. And I walked up to her and I, and I said, you are sharp. That hat, I mean, everything is just sharp. And she said, thank you. I said, oh, come on, you know you're sharp. 
and we just laughed, you know, but just simple things like that. I know I feel that made her feel good for a while. It made me feel good to be able to share. And sometimes it's just that simple to be able to compliment someone on their shoes, their hope, their hat, their coat, their whatever. Um, and the other thing is just to be conscious. I mean, how how I think about how I would feel if a stranger came up to me and, and gave me a compliment. I mean, mm -hmm. it's got to make you feel good. It just right. makes you feel good. So, um, and I've been, you know, but yeah, we, we, we had the opportunity to bring a family home one year. I was taking care of the dad who, who yeah, was my, not, who was not my, doing well. Yeah. And um, his wife was by herself here because they were in the process of moving out of state and um, they were going to do that as soon as he came out of the hospital. So she was staying in a hotel room. Well, things started going downhill for him. So he, she was basically by herself here going through this, this trauma. So I invited her to our home to stay with us. And he continued to not do well. So she had her son come up, their son come up, and he stayed with us. Well, at some point, his wife had to go to work, and they had a daughter. So the daughter came up. The daughter up came up. <laughs> and stayed with us. So we had the mother, the son, and her granddaughter stay with us for most of the summer. I think it went yeah. through most of the summer. I, it did. It did. It was pretty cool. And And we stayed in contact. I mean, he got better. He went home. Years later, he passed, and she passed. But, you know, stayed in touch all those years. So, yeah, I don't have any problem, you know, talking no, to people. And I, I, when I was doing my notes here, I actually under-engage others. I literally wrote mommy exclamation mark. <laughs> um, and, you know, another another thing that comes to mind, even even our family, I think some of it is just the, some of it is the culture of our family. Yeah, uh, my aunts, we've we've taken a couple of cruises where my mom has been able to have her sisters with her or, or a few of them. And it got to the point where if we were in the club on the ship, on the cruise ship at night, at some point, the DJ would just say, oh, the Magruder girls are in the building. Like yeah. everyone just, everyone knew my family. They knew my yeah. cousin Chandler. They knew my aunts, my mom, because they will sit down and have a conversation with anyone. If you can sit down with the comedian, George, um, oh my gosh, what's his name? George Wallace. Uh, Wallace. My, 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 my aunts had George Wallace laughing. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. If, if you can sit down and have George Wallace laughing, you got the gift of engagement. So yeah, yeah that, so, yeah, so this God. is another one of those things that can really expand your horizons and it can change people's lives because. And you learn so act, much about people. You learn, mm -hmm. you know, um, how much we are alike, first of all. Right. And then, and, and then the little differences that usually don't really. Don't make that much. Yeah. Make, yeah. Don't, don't matter. We had right. Peter White come in and um, just move into our dinner. One yeah, evening. Our general, yeah, he took my seat. I remember that. Um, yeah, you know what? That's a good point, Mom, because I think the differences, the differences are a lot bigger with someone you don't know and you don't right. have a relationship with than right. they are once you get to know someone. And I, I we right. could probably lay that over a lot of the problems and things we're seeing in society right now. 
where people are just polarized because they don't even, and they don't even know each other. It's like, so what is it that you're not liking about this person? Uh, And I can remember that you don't know that you don't know. I can remember years ago, I probably was in my preteens. I was watching something on television and my dad, uh, Perry was in the room with me and the woman came on TV and I said, oh, I don't like her. Now it may have been the character she was playing something, whatever it was, but I said, I don't like her. And he said, how could you not like her? You don't even know her. Yeah. yeah. And I never, you know, and I was like, I was just a kid. I was like, oh, okay. Um, but it, I think about that when I hear people going at each other because they've got political differences or whatever. Now it's one thing to not like someone's belief system or not like their behavior, but we attribute these behaviors to the entire person. And then we end up with these polarized situations where there's just hatred, you know? And it's like, if you could put two people in a room and let them talk to each other, even somebody with religious differences or political or ideological differences can find a common ground. But a lot of times these folks don't engage enough for that to happen. So that was, that's a really, a really good point. And we do, we do have those topics that are triggers, you know, politics, sex, Sex. race. Mm -hmm. Um, Because if you sat in the room, you never heard two people arguing about which crayon is the prettiest. You know, right, I mean, right. No one's, yeah. And and <laughs> and good... you can like orange, and I can like green, and and we and we'll laugh about it. But right. you start to bring up race, sex, or politics, or religion, oh, and I'm my still, goodness, I'm still in that analogy, mom. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've never <laughs> seen anyone break into fisticuffs. Only if something. they were like, only if they were like three years old, they might fight over oh, the crayon. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, and but the fact not is, whatever our those beliefs and those subjects there you're not going to change them on facebook or or any of all any of those things um and you probably aren't going to change those people's beliefs even in conversation but we can't even have a conversation without it turning into oh i don't like him or i don't like Mm her or so this is the this is this is our second we, I talked about reading. This is about activities that can expand your horizon so you can have a more fulfilling life. So I talked about reading. We were just talking about engaging others. And, and right. you can see that could, that I mean, I, I that might be my favorite one on here because mm-hmm. it's the one where you know you're dealing with another human being. Right. Um, the mm-hmm. third one that I have is creating. It's, it's create. And so, you know, when we're kids, we just, we were always creating. I, I can remember my grandfather bringing boxes home from the grocery store. They were the big boxes that the, I don't know if it was a dozen or 20 loaves of bread used to come in this big box. And there would be, and I would build like forts down in our rec room with right. boxes and blankets <laughs> or towels. So, you know, kids' minds are always thinking of what can they make a teepee out of or you know making popsicle sticks. And you go to school and they're teaching you more ways to create. And then something happens when we start getting older and we stop doing that. And so a third way to get to more, have a more fulfilling life and to really expand your horizons is to unleash that creative part of you. And so one of the challenges is to think of an area or to do something that's totally unrelated to the stage that you're, you're at at your life. Now, I play things that are creative. Like I still play jacks and people are like, seriously? Yeah, I'm 60 years old. And I literally have a bag with two balls and jacks in it. And I took it with me on my last business trip 
because when I'm in a hotel room or Airbnb or whatever, if I want to play jacks for five or 10 minutes, I can do it. Cost me no money. I can't hurt myself. <laughs> and it's a really fun little distraction. But in terms of creative things that people can do, um, mom, what's the last creative thing that you can remember doing? Mm, I have to think about that. Well, I can remember years ago because my mom is not her thing. Her gift is not crafts. That is not her. And right. she's okay with it. She's like that. Uh, Martha Stewart, we got her one, one Christmas. We got her to make a Christmas wreath where you just oh, yeah. had a frame and you had to buy all of the things to decorate it and a hot glue oh, gun. Yeah. And, and, and that I glue never, gun. Oh, yeah, God. I rarely ever hear my mother curse, but that glue gun had her going. Um, but I can remember even before that, she had decided she was going to crochet something and knit something. And you crochet, right. you and I crocheted bathing suits. Right. Yeah. I, and I wore it. And you wore it. You're, it. They were cute, actually. I I, I wonder whatever happened to those. But they, now I'm sitting here thinking that we could crochet. I could crochet me a bathing suit. Um, but she actually got a pattern and we crocheted bikini bathing suits. Right. And so think about something that you could do that's just outside of the norm that you normally do, whether it's, you know, you could start with something little like coloring books that'll get you kind of warmed up initially, but Does things framing like writing. Picture work? <laughs> huh? Does Does framing a picture? picture? <laughs> uh, not really. No, no we have to go, no. gotta go okay. a little deeper than that. Um, All we right. Go, we gotta go a little further into the creativity bank than that. Okay. Um, writing, writing, and, and this is two of the things that, that came up when I was looking, researching this was one is writing a book that talks about your innermost fears or insecurities. Now it's a chance no one's ever going to read it, but you might find that it kind of frees you up because you're actually putting things on paper that you've been holding back. Cause very often we don't talk about our fears and we don't talk about our insecurities. So if you mm -hmm. start writing those things out and putting them down on paper, well, you might end up with a book that you didn't know you had in you, first of all, folks, if you're listening. Um, so those of you who are listening in replay, this is something to take a note. Think of the, anything you can think of that causes you to feel insecure or that you are afraid of, and you just try not to even think about it because you don't want to tell people. That's one way that you can start writing, and writing is always going to be a good creative outlet. Another way, hey, Wanda, Another thing that you can do for creativity is start a self-development blog. Now it, I'm 60 and I, if you're, if you're my age or older or close to my age, you might be thinking, I don't even know how to get on a blog. Um, and so that would be one creative thing is to get, get a little bit better with some social media. But if you, one of the suggestions was start a self-development blog for teenagers Today, I was on TikTok and there's a doctor, I can't think of her name, black woman. She's probably in her 60s. She is so much fun. But she today came on and she said, we need to start a, a Q&A, a help, like a help desk for younger women dealing with men. She said, because I don't know what's going on. And she was joking, but she was serious at the same time. And so this, uh, a self-development blog for teens made me think it doesn't necessarily need to be for teens. If you're in your fifties or sixties or seventies to be able to have a, you remember Dear Abby, every, we, we remember Dear Abby. I don't know if some of the other younger folks that might be listening later will remember, know who Dear Abby is. Dear Abby had a newspaper column and you could write in questions 
and she would send you her advice. And that's what her entire column was about. And for someone to decide, you know, I've lived and I've got, I've got two nurses on here, right? So it could even be a blog for young nurses. So what are some of the things that you would want a nurse to know if she's just coming into, into her career? She's, this is her first year or second year on the job and you now have all this experience. What is something that you want to know? And there is, I've been talking about this on and off line that you haven't heard, but trying to get mommy, I might be picking her brain for a book with this kind of information in it because I just think for young nurses, whether it's specifically for black nurses or just nurses, period, what are some of the things in your first one or two years that you wish you had known that nobody told you? And then what is something now that you've had all this year's experience where things have changed? What are some of the things that nurses coming into the field really should be aware of? And so these are things that, that, that are creative, even though they're really, really, um, they're work related and they're needed. So when you think of how you can expand your horizons with creating something, think of, definitely think of writing because it costs you nothing but an ink pen or the time it takes you to type. And it's one of the ways that you can create something that's lasting and could just keep giving to people for years and years and years to come. So it's like a a legacy piece. Any thoughts about what you might want to create? And Wanda, we just keep coming back to you and your artwork. So um, clap if you want, if you can't get on, cause I never know if people aren't able to access their microphones. I'm just going to do what I did with my mom and I'm going to invite you to speak so that you're on and you can mute yourself. And that way, if you were stuck, you won't be stuck anymore. But I do want to get an update with you since we're talking about creative stuff and let us know what's going on with your, your, your she shed art studio. Nothing. Okay. Well, we're, we Nothing. haven't gone backwards. My my thoughts are, my thoughts are there, but I haven't um, been able to really get anything started. And I know I won't be, but the plans are definitely there. I just haven't, you know, I haven't bought anything. Well, that's all right. Keep writing. Every time you think of something related to your She Shed art studio, just write it down. Yeah, that's what I've been doing. So that means you have been doing something. Yes. Yeah. See there, look at that. We already got yeah. a step forward already. Yeah. If you're, if you're <laughs> keeping your book and you got your little notebook of what's going to go in there and what you need and all of that stuff, then you are literally doing something that's moving you closer to it because you're not going to develop that book and keep reading it and not manifest this thing. The longer you have it with you and you're looking at it, the more likely you're going to manifest that. So at some point, no pressure, but I know we're going to see pictures of the she shed. Oh yeah. Art studio. And then we're going to see the art coming, but I'm, I'm waiting for you to find some of the art, but I think you said you gave it to family members. Uh, either I gave it to them or they come over and they say, Oh, this is great. Oh, you could do another one. And they take oh. it. Oh yeah. So we're going to, we're going to put an end to that. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but thanks. I, I, since we were in our, our this is all, all about what we can do to expand our horizon so that our life is more fulfilling. And the first thing was reading. And then we talked about engaging. And I, I, I had a mommy exclamation under engage because she's like the queen of engaging people. Um, and then this one is create. So the fourth one is appreciate. And um, there are just things that other people accomplish. And mommy, you touched on this a little bit, just being able to compliment somebody. And I think Wanda Last week or the week before you talked about your mom teaching you 
how to just, you know, to compliment someone and find Mm -hmm. a woman every day when you're out to compliment Mm -hmm. them. That's a really wonderful form of appreciation. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it can really be impactful for people that you spend time looking into things that are valuable and looking at the things that people do that are valuable and making sure that we acknowledge them. And, and I don't know that there's a better way that you can appreciate somebody uh, than making sure you tell them that you appreciate them. I agree. Yep. So it's, it's, um, there were, there were four things I told people we weren't going to be like crazy. Every time I say we're not going to be crazy long, I look up and it's almost six o'clock, but I had to add a fifth one because they gave us the four. I, I had four. It was reading, um, engaging others, creating and appreciating, but five travel. I don't know if there's a better way to have, to broaden, literally broaden your horizons and fulfill your life. That's, that's better than traveling. So, and, and everybody knows my family, we're everybody on here right now is we know we're avid travelers. I think, are we all on vacation together in May of next year? Yeah. I am. We're all doing Brazil. Yeah. yeah we're yeah. all doing Brazil. We're all doing Brazil. Bar- so, Barcelona. Oh, sorry. Barcelona. Somewhere <laughs> would it be. Yeah. So, so traveling. So I just stuck traveling on as the fifth way to expand your horizons. Now we're talking about international traveling and we love, we love getting a passport stamped. I I can tell you everybody, we love having a passport stamped. If you tell us you like to travel and you don't have a passport, somebody's eyebrow is going up looking at you funny. But having said that, I do want to tell people, take advantage of things that are local. You know, traveling doesn't mean you have to have a passport or you have to be flying someplace you can drive because for most of us, we don't explore the places that we've lived. And especially if you've just moved to a new place, we've been living here in Southern California for three years this month. And because we spent two of them in a pandemic and basically quarantine, I, for me, my mother was living here already. For me, there are so many places here that I still have not explored that I could just have a scavenger hunt every weekend, finding someplace else that I just, I've never known we're going, I'm going someplace for dinner tomorrow. And I had to ask where the city was and I'm going to have to look it up because I don't even know where it is. Um, so there are ways to expand your horizons without leaving the area that you're in and still being able to find new things to do. My mom is really good at finding museums. She was in one last weekend um, and then found out that it was a connection to a museum you had been in 30 years ago. How, how long ago? Mom? Oh, yeah, yeah, it was it was probably 30 years ago. And and looking at the art, it was all a Mexican uh, artist. And um, we have some of the art here. Mm-hmm. And talking to the young man found out one of the pieces that I bought was from their museum. Like 30 years ago. Yeah, it's got to be yeah, 25, 25 30 years. years ago. Yeah. Yep. And, so, um, and he said himself, it's a small world. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. that's what traveling can do. And that was she, the, when she bought the first piece, she was down in, was Oaxaca, Mexico? Uh, no, Puerto Vallarta. Pu- Puerto Vallarta. And yeah. now this piece, the, now she finds a museum that's an hour away from here. That's their sister museum 25 years later. So all of that to, to expand your horizon. So I want to thank you too for getting on here tonight. And if anyone is listening into the re- in the replay, thank you so much. Um, if you're listening to the replay and it's before December 1st, I'm going to invite you to click that link that you see floating at the bottom in my little cookie 
my fortune cookie. I am in the quarterfinals right now for the Fab Over 40 contest. And you can click that link and go there and vote for me for free right now. Um, so thank you for, for being with us this evening. Everybody have a safe, um, safe travels to wherever you might be going tomorrow. Um, if you're frying a turkey, make sure you do all the stuff they tell you on the news to do so that you don't cause any fires that you didn't mean to cause by, while, while deep frying that turkey. Um, and have a safe holiday and a wonderful holiday with your family. And um, talk about some of the stuff that you heard on tonight's show. If, we, if, you, if, if I get this one up soon enough, it'll be up for replay. If not, you can do all this stuff before Christmas. And there will be one more show talking specifically about dealing with divorce during the holidays, because I know this is a really difficult time of year for a lot of folks who are either in the middle of a divorce or have just gone through one, or if this is just going to be your first holiday um, after your divorce. So I've done, I did a show last week focusing on that, and I have another one coming up in a week or two. So stay tuned. Thank you so much for being here with me, and thanks for listening in the replay, and I will catch you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to my series, Divorce is Not a Destination. You can connect with me on Facebook and Instagram at Divorce is Not a Destination. And if you enjoyed this episode, recommend Divorce is Not a Destination to your family and friends. Be sure to join my live audience and see upcoming shows by registering for access here at Fireside. That's firesidechat.com backslash Lisa Summer Hour, L-I-S-A-S-U-M-M-E-R-O-U-R. Catch replays here on Fireside or your favorite streaming channel. Until next time, remember, your life, your journey, and divorce is not a destination. Live on Fireside.